You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Many mums will be familiar with the slogan, breast is best. This is especially true for preemie babies, but it's also true that a steady supply of breast milk is not always available to them. Red Cross Australia started Lifeblood Milk to support preemies born at less than 32 weeks and or weighing less than 1.5 kilos, which sounds incredibly small to me. At present, the organisation provides on-demand donated milk to 11 neonatal intensive care units in New South Wales, South Australia and Townsville. Crystal Faro from Lifeblood Milk is here and they're looking for donors. Hi, Chris. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Why might premies not be getting enough milk? For lots of different reasons, but basically because it's an incredibly stressful time for their mums and their bodies sometimes just aren't ready to produce the amount of milk that bubbies need to feed. So, you know, apart from being completely stressed, mums could be very unwell themselves. They might be on medications. They might even be in intensive care because they're so sick. So there are lots of reasons why mum's own supply is often not sufficient to meet baby's needs when those little bubbas are born preemie. Now, I have heard of underground milk donor operations, which sounds <laughs> sounds very dark and spy-like, but they're basically underground because it seems to be something that is quite challenging to do safely. Um, how does Lifeblood Milk go about actually collecting donated milk? We have a lot of processes put in place. So blood service is all about quality and safety and ensuring that the donors are safe. And in Lifeblood Milk's donor scenarios, we've got the baby to think of as well. So we've got the donor and her baby, and then we've got the recipient. So we've got to make sure the processes are safe. So our donors go through a very comprehensive screening process, which starts off with a high-level screening questionnaire. And if they're eligible with that, then our donor coordinators will go and visit the donor, potential donor, either in her own home or go into the hospital if that's where her bubby is still an inpatient in a special care nursery, will go and visit mum um, in the hospital or at her home. They then go through a very comprehensive health and lifestyle questionnaire and then have some bloods taken for infectious diseases. So once again, all around safety and quality to make sure, you know, mum is doing the right thing for herself and her own baby and the milk is as the highest quality and the safest what it possibly can be for that tiny little recipient prem baby that's going to receive her milk. Look when I was breastfeeding I never had any excess milk in fact even pumping was disastrous for me. When you're looking for milk donations what is it you are asking for from the donors themselves? Like are you saying we need 120 mils we need 250 mils or and how often as well so we want an excess milk supply so when we are talking to potential donors and we're asking them how much milk they've potentially got or if they're just making inquiries about how to go about becoming a donor we often say once you've filled up your own freezer you filled up your next door neighbour's freezer, you filled up your parents' freezers, you even <laughs> filled up the workplace freezer and the next lot of milk you're going to pump, you're going to dump or tip out, then you have an excess milk supply. That is the milk that we want. Um, so we're very conscious of, you know, the gift that they're doing, the gift that they're giving us and making sure that we respect, you know, the hard work that they're going to going through to make sure that they've got this milk for us. But it's really important that then 
they're not putting extra stress on their own body. You know, often up until Bubby turns one, if they meet our criteria, they can continue to donate. But often they engage with us, you know, when Bubby's about, you know, two months old or a little bit older. So they've still got a relatively new baby. They might have other little people at home. They've gone through, you know, a birth, be it, you know, a normal or, you know, traumatic birth. So they've got a lot of things happening to them themselves. So the last thing we want then is for them to put extra stress on their body by trying to increase their milk supply. Some women, as you said, like never have an excess milk supply. Others are, I would say gifted, they probably won't think it's gifted, but are gifted with an, an excess milk supply. So we really want just the milk that they're probably going to throw out because they've got nowhere else to store it. We don't want them pumping every three hours to try and get to, you know, a three litre volume to donate to us. That's not what we're about. And the donor coordinators and myself are really in tune with the conversations that we have with these potential donors to make sure that they're looking after themselves first and foremost and their bubby. So is even a one-off donation worth it for you guys? Yes. So we have, um, we say we've got a couple of different donor cohorts, I guess. We've got the woman that will just give us a one-off donation. We've got the women that will be ongoing donors. And we also um, cater to the bereaved donor. So um, unfortunately, they've had really sick little prem babies in hospitals that have died um, and they've got an excess milk supply, then we will collect their milk as well. So we do like a minimum of about three litres and that might seem like an awful lot. But from date of expression to date of processing, we've got 12 weeks. So these women have got pretty much 10 weeks in which to collect three litres. And I don't want to come across like horrible or anything, but if you takes you, you know, the 10 weeks to collect the three litres, potentially you mightn't have an excess milk supply. It's really important to, you know, make sure that, you know, you're not doing anything that would harm your own baby. So if th- you've only got three litres in the freezer, we would advise that mum to keep that milk for her own baby. Sorry, I'm trying not to laugh because I never had <laughs> three litres. And I was just picturing in my head the three litre bottle of milk that we might buy for the family now. Um, so what happens once you collect the milk? Like, How do you store it? Is there any process that it goes through? So it goes through a lot of processes. We collect hard frozen, so we don't collect, you know, slushy or fresh milk. It's got to be hard frozen. And as I said, from date of expression to date of collection, we've got about 10 weeks. All up, we've got 12 weeks. So by that stage, you know, we would have mum's blood tests back and our ongoing donors don't actually have to have a repeat blood test. So their milk can go straight into the freezer that we know is good to then process. Um, On processing day, we will take multiple units from just a single donor and thaw it in the fridge overnight and then um, pour it all together into a big jug the next morning and then batch it out into either 30 or 120 ml um, bottles. And then a bit like the foil seals that you get on your milk and your juices, so we cap seal those bottles and then load it into a pasteuriser. So we use holder pasteurisation, which is currently the internationally recognised standard for processing milk. And that means that it heats it to 62.5 degrees for a minimum of 30 minutes. And then our equipment, our sterilised pasteurisers, then can 
quickly cool that milk down to less than four degrees and then we can pop it straight into the freezer where we then send off pre and post pasteurization samples just to make sure that the microbial count or contamination level is within acceptable range and once again that goes back to safety so the milk gets pasteurized because that will inactivate a lot of the viruses and we need to make sure that the milk is safe when it goes to babies we check it for contamination level for exactly the same reason and once that's all been cleared then it goes into our distribution freezer until we get a demand on order from one of the NIC units and then we pack it and ship it out to the NIC unit. My goodness that's fabulous though I mean it's called liquid gold for a reason isn't it? Yes (laughs) yes. You were talking earlier about not wanting mothers to put themselves in any the mothers who are donating you don't want them to be in any kind of physical discomfort you want them to put their babies first Um, if they were to continually donate that would increase their milk supply wouldn't it? Yes, it does. So obviously, you know, your body is an amazing um, organism, organ, and it will recognise the increase in demand and should match within about 24 or 48 hours that supply. So, you know, if if it recognises that your baby is requiring more milk, then it will make more milk. So once again, it's really important to have those conversations with potential donors around doing what's right for their own body and what's right for their baby and not expressing, you know, in excess just so that they can donate to the milk bank because we we don't just want the milk. We want to make sure that our donors are safe and healthy and their babies are safe and healthy. So it's really important that they just don't express to donate to us because we need to take care of our donors and they need to take care of their bodies. And you have lactation consultants that are, are working with the yes. donors all the time, don't That's you? correct, yes. So our two donor coordinators are international board certified lactation consultants, so have a wealth of knowledge and expertise around breastfeeding. Mm. So tell us if a mum is listening and she knows she has an excess supply of milk, what can they do to put their hand up to donate? So they can go to lifeblood.com.au and follow the links to the milk bank and then register. Otherwise, you could probably just Google Milk Bank or Blood Service Milk Bank and we will come up. Currently, we're only recruiting in Sydney and Adelaide metropolitan areas. We are a small team with limited resources and the South Australian and New South Wales donors have just been amazing. To date, they've donated over 3,800 litres of milk. Holy moly. That's incredible. So that that equates to about 32,000 individual bags or bottles of milk that we've collected in the last you know 20 odd months since we started collecting wow oh that's such a lovely story um chris thank you so much for coming in thank you that's chris alfaro from lifeblood milk and if you'd like to donate we'll have links with more info in the notes of this episode feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.